Welcome to the Safety with Purpose Women in Safety podcast. This is a show that provides a supportive space for women in safety careers. We break down the barriers and provide opportunities for growth. Make sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified of new episodes and join us at safetywithpurpose.com. Now, here's your Women in Safety podcast host, Tamara Paris. Hi, I'm Tamara Paris, and welcome to another episode of Woman in Safety. Today, we're talking to Jen Thorson of Module and Ken Sadlin of George. We're talking about wearables and how can we use them to increase our safety performance in the workplace. I wanted to um, kick this off by kind of learning a little bit about how did the two of you become passionate for your own areas? Jen, you're doing wearables, and can you do health and safety? Jen, why don't you tell us a little bit how you got started? Well, I've been a runner um, for years, and I've always been tracking my running and and tracking just my physical activity. So I've been wearing sensors in my running shoes since Nike had um, the accelerometer in the tailwind in the early 2001, 2002. So that just kind of catapulted the whole thought of what could we do with sensors and um, with with you know really data relative to people at work. Very cool. And Ken, you and I know each other for a long time now, and uh, you're a health and safety guru. Can you share a little bit about how you got into that? Yeah, not for sure about guru, but uh, definitely been doing it for a while now. Uh, my path is is a little a little different than the standard safety professional. Um, I played football for a little bit and then actually got into the fire service and EMS world and did that for about seven years uh, and then joined the company called Pace Industries in the corporate world, uh, primarily focusing at first in personal safety uh, and wellness and kind of, I like to say, cheerleading for the occupational safety uh, and then help them to develop, kind of bring those together uh, but that, at the end of the day, for me, it's really just about uh, people and helping people, uh, trying to encourage people to to do the right things and to think about things uh, and to help them accomplish their goals, but doing it in a, in a safe manner. Thanks, Ken. What really is wearable device? What does that really mean? Um, so think of it kind of like an eye watch or a Garmin. Um, and so basically there's sensors and it can track the motion and location and environment for an employee. So it could be something that is clipped. It could be something that's attached to the person, but it really tracks similar to when you're tracking your athleticism, tracking how people are working um, and their environment that they work in. Very cool. So for example, my Fitbit watch would be considered a wearable. Exactly. Fabulous. So we actually do have these in our lives. We may not just be aware that it's actually called wearable devices. So can you help um, us understand a little bit about how could we be using this wearable technology when we're doing our safety management um, and, and how could it take us into new directions? Sure, absolutely. So what we're able to see is, um, and just to kind of boil it down, we're able to see if there's something wrong, maybe with this, with the singer or the song. So you're able to see outliers amongst your employee population. Maybe it's somebody who needs to be trained, or maybe it's a job function that needs to have engineering uh, applied to it. 
or an ergonomist look at it because there's riskier behaviors um, that could injure your employees. So really that it allows you to quickly see where you might want to focus your time to avoid injuries on the job. Cool. And so Ken, how could you see this kind of be playing a role in, in how we're doing our health and safety management? Well, you know, this has the potential to, to help out tremendously. Uh, you know, as, as uh, safety shifts from the old style of being reactive compliance cops into proactive mentality, strategic business partners, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is accomplish all these different things that we have to do in, in the safety world on top of what we have to do in the business world or whatever we're doing, right? Because sometimes I jokingly say I can make any company the safest company in the world really easy, not let people in, but then we're not going to be a company very long. So the, the, the object is how do we do what we need to do as a business and do it in a safe manner? And so, you know, with, with limited resources and head counts and, and so many hours in a day, how do we prioritize the things we want to do? Well, traditionally, we start with risk analysis, right? We attack the highest risks first. What this has the potential to do is to give real-time feedback to the safety professional of what is a higher risk. So as she talked about with, you know, ergonomics, if I have a wearable that alerts me or alerts a supervisor that someone is doing something that's outside of the norm that, that puts them at higher risk, then they can quickly respond to that proactively before someone gets hurt and allows us to become even more of a valuable strategic business partner instead of just a safety cop. Absolutely. I totally agree with where you're going on that. And, you know, it, it'd be really interesting to hear on your side also some examples of how we could be using these wearable technologies, looking at the safety risk factors. Because I know from being in retail um, myself, there are a lot of roles that people are doing that people assume aren't that high risk. However, because they have a lot of repetitive behaviors, especially in lifting, um, these people end up with back injuries. And, it's, and I always thought if we just had a way of figuring this out, you know, 10 years before, well, to me, this is where really the sky's the limit with technology and, and with wearables. Uh, you know, it, it's easy to have a perception of, oh, that's a heavy box. You know, we shouldn't lift it. Or, or to say, you know, what I see a lot with lifting specifically is, well, we're not going to lift anything over 40 pounds. Well, how many times do we, does it have exact weight of that object or that box on there? And so that to be able to have... Uh, technology to guide us uh, and to point out those risks uh, ahead of time is to me the exciting part of it. Uh, you know, from an ergonomic standpoint, since we're on that kind of topic, uh, you know, to have a, a wearable that can uh, alert or uh, send out some type of warning uh, if you're bending over at, at an improper angle uh, or uh, if your uh, muscle is stressing. Uh, more than it needs to in a preset uh, parameter. Uh, but then there's also things like temperature. You know, uh, in, in my fire department background and when I was at PACE, we had, uh, uh, you know, very hot work environments. So to be able to monitor someone's vital signs while they're actively working to, to, to 
to early detector uh, of if they're becoming in stressed uh, situations. Uh, and even to the point of, of uh, having a, a wearable or some type of device that, that alerts if they're going into an area that they shouldn't be into, you know, authorized personnel only area, uh, and to be able to bring that up. So there, to me, there's really kind of the sky's the limit on this. And uh, that's why it's kind of exciting. And, and personally, I'm a computer nerd as well. So I like the idea of being able to have technology help us quickly and, and more efficiently do our job. So again, that we can focus in on uh, engaging our supervisors, engaging our managers, engaging our team members to help them show the why and to have this data and to have ways to, to quickly remind them throughout the day. Jen, I wanted to direct this question at you because I've heard somewhat about uh, the sensors that can be actually embedded into personal protective equipment. Did I get that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. And so you've start you started this company and nurtured it and you've seen a lot of different applications in various cu customers, I'm sure. What are the benefits that this would really provide both the user, so the worker, as well as the company in relating to mitigating the potential risk as well as reducing the cost? Right. So what we see, especially with um, teammates or with the employees, is we see a, a higher awareness of their um, just their structural risk. And so with the use of a haptic response, which is a vibration motor, much like an iWatch or Garmin might you know, ask you to, to walk, um, it reminds the employee of risky behaviors, and it typically reduces those risky behaviors at, by at least 30% by um, turning on that haptic response and just saying, you know, hey, Ken, I'm reminding you, you're bending a lot, you're bending, you know, in an incorrect way, um, you should be more cognizant of it. But then when you think about the, the aggregate risk, you can look at from a risk manager point of view, you can see um, maybe one location versus another, you can see, um, and, you know, to Ken's point on heat, or heat index, you can also see how that is affecting the safety of your workforce as well. Um, ultimately, we've seen uh, reductions in injuries, again, um, up to 60% with one of our clients. Um, so certainly, we like to couple using a wearable with awareness, with training, um, and just making sure that folks like Ken are, are understanding the risks and uh, rolling out their safety programs to, you know, to complement the information that they're receiving. You know, I think the other thing, too, that, that uh, gets a little tricky for some uh, safety professionals is uh, really kind of showing the business value of it. Uh, and, and any new technology or wearable that you're going to bring in, uh, you know, how is it going to impact, obviously, the, the health and safety risks, but what are the, what are the other areas, the product, increased productivity, uh, you know, the effect on turnover, the effect on engagement, those are all things that I think we have to try to be able to articulate to the, the leadership of our, of our operations, uh, because just like they're going through these processes when they're looking at new, you know, automation, new uh, ways to improve operations or improve the process, uh, we have to bring those in too as well and, and not just, you know, sometimes we get stuck talking safety or talking risk in our world, but we got to equate it over into their language as well. 
That's a really good point. And I appreciate that you bringing up that business element because a lot of people overlook that. Now, I did want to get a little bit of a better understanding with the wearable devices about what they actually provide our workers as users also. So there's a couple of things. One is just, one is simply understanding um, where that employee is relative to others in their group, right? Um, so just understanding, am I bending correctly? Am I twisting more than others? And what might I learn from my teammates? Um, two is trending reports. How am I doing over time? Am I continuing to improve? Um, and, and another piece of it too is we do a lot of gamification with clients. Um, and just mainly um, to encourage, as Ken had mentioned, that, you know, that engagement and en encourage supervisors and employees and management to talk about it, to talk about, hey, this, you know, there's an area in the distribution center that needs, um, that needs to be paying attention, you know, we need to pay attention to it. Um, you know, I feel like there's some unsafe areas in my workplace. So it provides a vehicle to talk about safety, ergonomic challenges, um, and then also just, you know, have additional dis just discussion about how to continue to improve the safety of the workplace. I think just like she said, the, the other big thing is, is how uh, we engage the team members uh, whenever we're rolling out any type of new process, but, it, but especially something like wearables or technology uh, that's becoming a bigger part of just our everyday life. You know, I, I love it when Sometimes, you know, you're kind of talking to, to anyone really in general uh, that about technology and, and sometimes I've had team members say, well, you know, I really don't get into technology or use computers and then they pull out like an iPhone and, and do a text or get on an app and, and how it's just nowadays we don't really consider that as a computer or technology, but it is. And so to be able to show them Hey, this is just like that app you have, just like that Apple Watch you have, just like that Fitbit you have. Uh, and, and it's about how we can get you data to more, more effectively do your job uh, and the value that it brings to them because then we actually use it, then we get to see the value of it, and then we get to expand the programs. And really from our standpoint, you know, I'm trying to encourage my team that it's not safety's job to make people work safe. It's safety's job to be a leader to be a resource, uh, to be the guidance. And that allows us, if we can get that data, if we can get that why into our team members and our managers and supervisors, then they own it. And, and we have the ability to work on more uh, things that are on that list that sometimes we don't really get to get to because we're spending so much time trying to get this other data. You know, you both of you are bringing in words like engage, value, um, bringing it into the, the daily lives of people in the organization. And so it leads me to the question of how do you see wearables actually helping to develop organizational culture? You know, wearables definitely, um, you know, it contributes to a safety culture. So, you know, when we're engaged with, with clients, we're engaged with clients who already have a safety culture and it's just a reinforcement of protecting the future self of their employees um, and so you know so it, it's you know, there have been some cultures that maybe aren't quite ready for wearables and they're you know there's becoming more and more ready 
um, as wearables are rolling out in the workplace, as people are wearing, you know, their smartwatches, etc. But what we see with um, with our clients is that they already have a, a culture of safety. They have employee engagement, and so this is just one more way to keep their teammates safe um, and to go home the same as they came into work. And and for us, you know, the engagement and culture those, those are, are are kind of big words and they get thrown around a lot. But at the end of the day, to to what we're trying to say is it, it, it's we're all in this together. And again, it's not about uh, it's safety's job to be safe. It's quality's job to do the quality and, and have all these different silos. We're on the same team. We have the same goal. And we want to be able to help uh, educate our team members and get them involved because, you know, if we're talking risk, right? Well, who better knows the risk of that job than that person that's doing it every single day? And they see all different aspects of it. And they most of the time have a lot of really good ideas on how to improve it because they're doing it. And, you know, technology, wearables, that that seems to be a pretty good way to, to kind of get them engaged because it also brings things that they do outside of work as well. And they understand, hey, I got this smartphone. I've got this. There's an app for that. There's an app for everything, right? Well, this app allows me to help. Uh, do my job better. It allows me to help give feedback to my my company to to improve this process, and my company's listening to me. And so now I'm engaged with them. You know, it's that old saying: no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, if you're not engaging and talking and following up with your team members, even if you really do care, it it's perceived that you don't. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the other thing is like in a lot of organizations, technology is already being used in a lot of different ways. So it is part of the organizational culture, but people may not have realized that because it's become so much of their day to day. Now, what have you seen so far around employee acceptance of wearable technology and how do you think it's going to evolve over the next several years? Sure. Um, you know, it's well, we see a lot of acceptance, um, and it's especially in the past, it really in the past two years. Um, it, you know, when we first um, kind of in, embarked on, you know, creating this company and talking about wearables, we did a lot of focus groups with um, employees um, to say, you know, hey, what would be acceptable? What would be, you know, form fit function? Um, and the feedback we received was was really, you know, hey, I don't want it to look, I don't want it to look like I have some kind of wearable on. I don't, I want it to be discreet, um, but I want to be able to use that information. And so that's kind of how we set forth in, in really thinking about making sure it didn't, it didn't look like somebody was being monitored. Um, and it was also, we just continue to listen to the voice of the customer and, and listen to feedback about form, fit, and function so that it fit into the day of those employees. Um, but we, did, we have heard, you know, to be honest, there's some people say, oh, big brother, and with a haptic response, and oh, it's like a dog collar, you know, and, and, um, and that, that's all in gist, right? It's, um, we, what we've seen is a lot of acceptance um, we've seen employees who were maybe a little critical or not sure about it um, come around the corner and and download the app, 
look at how they're doing relative to others and really understand that they're, you know, they're trying to, you know, they're trying their best to improve and continue to improve. And they're asking questions of their supervisor about how they can improve um, their safety. So we, you know, we definitely have seen, you know, some people um, not as, you know, not as engaged a couple years ago, um, but a lot of those, those employees have turned the corner and they're much safer and they, continue to um, talk about looking at safer ways to do things at home as well. So it's affect their, affects their work, but also they bring it home um, as just kind of the better way to do things um, just generally. Yeah, and I would agree with that as well. I mean, over the last, you know, five or six years, really, you've seen a tremendous increase just in technology in around people's personal lives. I mean, smart homes, light, I mean, you can control lights, music, doors, uh, cameras, you know, everything on your phone. And so that that's helping to overcome some of the negative that maybe at the beginning was there, but also too, when, you know, a good example is, is some of the technology and with like drivers, uh, with our DOT drivers and, uh, you know, after being able to show, look, this this is data that can help you. Uh, it's not data that that's being used against you. And they see that, then you know it, it's easily easily acceptable as well. But I think overall, the fact that just technology is becoming a bigger part of our lives in general, it just makes sense that it's that it's becoming a part of of operations as well. And even how operations has become more and more technological with, you know, new advanced in robotics and automations, uh, you know, even uh, with, with software to be able to, to, you know, quickly look at data and process data and, and you know, get out of the, the paper, or get out of spreadsheets. And it's just becoming a part of, you know, almost to the point where nowadays that if, if you go somewhere and they don't have technology, you're kind of like, why, why don't you have technology? I mean, it's, it's 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 out there. Why why aren't we using it? Yeah, no, you. That's a really good point. And the the other thing that we're also seeing is a shift towards wellness, health and wellness. And I know for me, you know, just over the last few years, using different technologies like the Fitbit because I do have a stationary job, to kind of prompt me to say, hey, you know what? You've been sitting a long time. Get up and go go for a walk and it's actually helping my own health. And so I'd really like to learn more from you about what little tips and tricks professionals could be doing in order to kind of um, get the acceptance more warm, especially for those who are resistant to the idea. Like how can they be implementing this into some of the things that they're doing already? So with um, what we've seen um, that works really well is just awarding, um, awarding those employees, talking about, again, talking about the safety, talking about improvements, but then having, having you know, in their team meet, meetings or monthly meetings, who's decreased their bends by a certain amount, who, you know, who's walking, you know, X amount, um, and just giving awards, gift card, Yeti, whatever, um, just to, to really acknowledge um, those employees. And I'll tell you, they really, really like it. And it's, and it's um, one where, again, the safety conversation comes into play. 
Um, they talk about some of the techniques. So it's a very good, um, it's a good foray into um, training um, and talking about different types of new techniques that they can try. So that's what we've seen work really well. In addition to teaming up with, with other um, teammates who might be more experienced or trained, um, you know, to continue to improve, um, improve the way that they're moving at work. Yeah, and to go on top of what Jen said, one of the things I try to do uh, to just any uh, in general of rolling out a new process or uh, especially new technology, uh, we, we all know those, those handful of people that, that are going to be very critical. So I get them in early and have them involved in, in the setup and, and get their input try to get them to take ownership of it because those are typically the more vocal ones as well. Then they become a champion for you and they become a cheerleader to, to roll it out. And, and you know, during the setup that you're going to get it critically looked at and, and all the tough questions are going to come from that. So we can work through it right then in the initial setup or, or however we're going to, you know, design it or implement it. And then, then it just kind of spreads out. Yeah, no, that's a very good technique also. Both of those are great techniques. And, and it's really great when we can find, fold them into the processes and get them really involved. Because as you said, then they own it and they want to share it out. You can actually start to step back because once they get so excited, they really do want to be the ones to take the megaphone and get out there. So I've had that experience in retail too. And just in general, if you think about it, everyone likes to be involved in the process and not just be told what they're going to do. Absolutely. It kind of reminds me of this, this one um, particular individual. She'd actually go around the store and I was trying to bring in a stretch program for people who were stationary um, standing up because they were getting a lot of lumbar back pain. And so she was um, also uh, very good at yoga. So I brought her actually into the fold to ask her if she could teach me about yoga. And then through our conversation talking about, boy, you know, it'd be really neat if we could somehow get this into the store. Well, then she started a yoga program herself. <laughs> That's fantastic. In your experiences, in your work experiences, how have you used collaboration and inclusive techniques in order to get success in your safety programs, in particular, um, using wearable for safety programs? Well, for me, the collaboration is really the, the only way uh, to try to approach things. Uh, anytime, you know, what we do, we, we cross all the functions of our business. Uh, and so, you know, we're trying to get people to do things that, just by nature, they're, they're not either able to do uh, or, you know, isn't kind of common sense, if you will. Uh, and even the fact we try to talk about the why, that, that our brains can trick us sometimes. You know, we talk about perception, and that's where wearables and technology uh, is able to allow us to show the real data. And again, show them the why, show them why we're doing this, show them the value out of it. Uh, you know, the, one of the things I've learned, too, is whenever you're rolling out like a new software, or a new process, uh, you got to show them what, what they're getting out of it. 
right? It, it can't just be something that they're putting into and putting into, and then they never see any, any data or follow-up or feedback from it. And so, you know, you work with them on, on what it is they, they, they need. You know, how can, how can you help them do their job better? And then how the wearable or the technology or the process can help them do their job better. Yeah, I would I would just you know add to Ken's um, to Ken's um, notes that we find that exactly the same is that you know there's your most programs aren't going to aren't going to get off the ground unless you you're cross functional you've got a lot of collaboration um, people understand the intent of the program itself um, so employees. Are, are not caught off guard by, oh, I have something that I need to wear. I don't understand what it is. I'm not sure what it's gonna track, but it's really well understood by the employees and the supervisors why and what it is gonna track and that the reports are transparent, um, the alerts are transparent, um, and so they can continue to improve. But I, I absolutely agree. It's, you know, if there's, if there's any element of surprise um, through the process, it, it just really, um, it just kind of goes backwards in the program. So what we found is just making sure the teammates all understand that intent. They understand, you know, you know, sometimes they actually get competitive about wanting to be better than their other teammates, um, which is, you know, makes it kind of fun and also just makes them always, can, you know, thinking about being safe. But the collaboration and inclusion um, and transparency is, is key to successful rollout of any kind of program. So I'm just kind of curious, like um, Jen, when you're dealing with um, environmental sensors, can they also pick up like air quality that the people are in? We don't have it today, but it's planned for our next generation. And so it'll have, yeah, it'll have different types of environmental sensors and then we can also tailor them um, as well. So there's, there's definitely, a need for it and customers have been um, asking for it currently it's just more of the heat index and you know the temperature and humidity but it's it's uh, it'll be in um, next year for sure yeah I, I had an incident when i was in retail and i don't know if you do this at george kenny but in our company they brought in recycle bins for waste of food and they were putting it into the departments that weren't ventilated properly. And then people again were getting sick. They were having mm -hmm. flu-like symptoms during winter. So when I was saying, no, this is too many people all in one area with the same flu-like symptoms, they weren't listening, right? And yeah. I actually had to go all the way up to your level, Kenny, in order to get it fixed, which I really shouldn't have, right? right? Um, and then finally it was the, Kenny's level, the VP said, well, I want an air quality test in there then, right? Yeah. And that's when we had the professional come in with the gear, the gadgets, they found out that it was air quality, but that was a really late for a lot of people because it was already in their chest, right? Right. Yeah, we, we don't do that. Uh, they discard it pretty good. And, and part of our processing is every third shift or yeah that every day at third shift we have sanitation that we have to pretty much power wash the ceiling down to the floor yeah uh but we do get into some like paa parasitic acid uh yeah. and some other chemicals to you know antimicrobial and to fight salmonella and stuff that the uh, 
the, the parts per million can get a little wonky and, and we have to go manually uh, monitor. And so some form of, of having some of that, you know, either on a wearable or, or something that we could put out and about in certain areas uh, would, would come in real handy. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely what we've heard from the client, our clients. The, the, the fun thing, too, is that sensors are pretty cheap. And just, you know, hearing the different use cases, we're able to, you know, we're able to incorporate different sensors, um, like the environmental sensors. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, one thing, too, that you had mentioned um, earlier, Ken, is that, like the ability to kind of geofence or make sure that people aren't going into those high consequence areas. And it's, we didn't know that we had sensors and we had GPS, but we didn't know that was a use case necessarily. And I came from insurance and so did my co-founder. And sure enough, it's, it's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are getting hurt in those high consequence areas um, or they're going in a high value area that they're not supposed to be in. You right. know, and, and it's really getting, making sure that you have a sense as to, where everyone is, what they're doing, and then making sure that they're doing the right types of things. Yeah, you know, because a lot of those areas, through various, you know, standards, we have to put up signs. Mm -hmm. Signs can only do so much, right? I mean, if you had you had a way of, you know, even if it was just something on on the badges that, you know, oh, you cross through that geo fence and you're not supposed to. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And, and again, it gets back to what I was talking about. That you know, really, the sky's the limit. Right? It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's I mean, even just on the personal side. I mean, I, I'm kind of looking into some Raspberry Pi smart home automation stuff going on with like permanent LED lights on my house, so I never have to hang Christmas lights again. And <laughs> really cool stuff out there. There is, there really is. And I'm even thinking, Ken, like even just in every day, like even like there's places like in in work where yeah, you're allowed to go. But timing is very important too. Like I remember once um, the, the, the freezers, you know, in the store, somebody got locked in the freezer and because the, the inside handle froze the mechanism, they couldn't get out. And for a while, nobody knew they were in there because the bell wasn't working. You can't depend yeah, well, on it. Yeah, well, your engineer, you know, your, your hierarchy of controls. And the more yeah. you can engineer where they, the person doesn't have to do anything, the better it is. I mean, even to the point I, I could see what would be kind of cool too, you know, in some of our uh, mechanical rooms, if they're working on refrigeration, then, you know, you know, kind of like a lockout tagout procedure, they activate some type of geofence or some type of warning fence that if someone accidentally walked in there, you know, lights and sirens and bells go off. Hey, hey, there's work going on. You can't come over here. Yep. Yep. Well, and look at how many lives that was saved. Did, did you remember that incident about the guy who was in the tuna cooker? Yeah, I do. That was very sad. Yeah, your device could have saved his life. That's the sad thing. Yeah, you know, and it's, you think about it, 5,000 people die working every year. It's in the United States. It's, it's just unnecessary. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, thank you. This has been a really great conversation. And I did have one question I wanted to ask you before we close out our discussion. And that's really, you know, if you could give our audience one piece of advice about introducing wearable technology into their company, what would that be? There's probably 
there's probably two pieces. One is, it, it, as we just spoke about, the importance of collaboration and inclusion. Um, and two is that with the amount of data wearables provide and the amount of insights um, that wearables can provide, you don't have to solve every problem at once. There's a you're going to get a lot of great data. You're going to have a lot of information, but you don't have to solve for everything at once. But it, it allows you to help prioritize areas of concern and make sure that, that you're addressing those first. Yeah, and I think that's great advice. And, and uh, you know, I heard Jen mention, uh, you know, pick a spot. Uh, and, and figure out uh, kind of a low-hanging fruit where you can introduce the, the wearable and the process uh, to be able to show some wins early on. Uh, and, and again, try not to try not to fix the world uh, first go out. So just figure out one problem uh, and how you can utilize the wearable technology to help address that problem. Then you show value. Then you can start looking at the next one or Typically, what I've found in, in the past as well is then the team members are going to start giving you ideas on, hey, this would be really good here, or hey, you could use this for this process too. And then it just kind of picks up steam from there. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for coming and talking with us today. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we do have, but you, you've really cracked this open about the wearable world. And I appreciate that because it's something that I've always been very interested in and wanting to bring into the workplace. And I know from LinkedIn conversations, there's a lot of members who are also thinking about it. So Jen, I wanted to quickly ask, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Sure, certainly reach out to me on LinkedIn, Jen Thorson, or email me at Jen, J-E-N, at module, M-O-D-J-O-U-L, Com. Well, thank you very much, both Jen and Ken, for joining us today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And that concludes our conversation with Jen Thorson and Ken Sadlin. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion about wearables and how to use them in our workplaces to improve our safety practices. If you enjoyed this episode, please visit us at safetywithpurpose.com backslash woman in safety and you can see our show notes there. If you're looking for some great safety resources, visit us at safeopedia.com where you can find free safety resources in the form of webinars, articles, Q&As, and checklists, and much, much more. Until next time, stay safe. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the Women in Safety podcast. Thank you for clicking the subscribe button and sharing it with others. Make sure to visit us at safetywithpurpose.com for more safety leadership and industry discussions.